Welcome back to the program podcast. This is your host, Ron Wells, coming to you live from the Two Brothers Detailing Studios here in sunny, but not so sunny Palm Springs, Florida, because we're actually going through a top tropical storm right now. Um, Two Brothers Detailing Services, give them a call, 561-572-5854. Again, it's 561-572-5854. I'm coming to you because, long and short, we finally got NBA action um, that actually meant something. Uh, this is going to be an NBA-focused podcast. Um, I do recognize that other sports seem like they're going to be getting themselves back in gear. Um, the MLB has already gotten started, but it's a 60-game season. Not really going to go too and far in depth with them unless it's probably Thursday nights. That's when I'm going to give you an MLB taste um, just to give you a weekly update of what's been going on around baseball. Um but this one is going to be mostly NBA-based, um, getting back to the basketball, because long and short, you got eight regular season games left. Well, for some teams, you got six games left because they've already played two, um, doing back-to-back nights after starting the NBA bubble. Um, Shout-out to my Uncle Casey, who's actually in the bubble right now as a statistician for the Heat. Um, hope everybody stays safe inside there, you know. You got players are going to do what they're going to do. You got good looking guys, you know, six foot, six and above. And, you know, they're in the bubble. You know, they want to want to challenge the system, go outside the bubble, do what they do. Like Lemon Pepper Lou, a.k.a. Lou, Lou Wangs, a.k.a. Lou Williams, <laughs> leaving the bubble. And uh, although he went out for personal reasons, um, you know, with the death in the family, he still, you know, found his way in Magic City because that's what young guys do. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, can't have an excuse for that. You got to sacrifice for the team. You got eight games left of the regular season before you hit the playoffs in full gear. And although, you know, seating may not matter for, you know, teams like the Clippers, you still got to keep those things in mind. It's the teams with the most focus, in my opinion, that are going to come out on top in this. But um, let me start off first by addressing um, – who I think are the top teams and why I think they are the top teams. For the NBA, in my personal opinion, ever since they pretty much did away with defense, um, it's the teams that don't make mistakes and stick to these five particular metrics um, that I kind of you know found as keys to winning games. Uh, the first one up is you got to have two players who can create their own shot. If you don't have that, it's it's pretty tough to overcome some of these other um, five. I'm sorry, other four major metrics, in my opinion. Your team has to shoot over 46%. Um, your team has to make at least 12 threes a game, and you got to rebound more than 44 um, times a game in order to actually pull this thing out. And then the last one is the assist to turnover ratio. If you're plus 12 um, on average, you pretty much are a championship contender. Now, defensive keys, I'll mention them, but again, um, for the NBA, in my personal opinion, it's all about um, your offense because, to be honest with you, they've eliminated defense. But if you're really elite in four or five of these categories, um, teams that fit that mold, to be honest with you, there's pretty much only one team that fits this mold um, and one team that's kind of close behind, and that's the Bucks and the Lakers. Um, they pretty much elite in four or five of these categories. You hold teams under 45 rebounds per game. Opponent shooting percentage is below 45%. Opponent's free throw attempts are under 24 a game. And you draw 20-plus fouls, and you take um, take out that second star. 
Um, the Bucks and the Lakers can do four of the five things on any given night. Outside of that, other teams may struggle, but in a playoff atmosphere, when you're playing them, you know, um, four to seven games um, in a two-week span, then, you know, you get to know them and you get to do those things. But So those would be things that you would focus on in the playoffs. Um, but uh, please know that the offensive metrics are pretty much the overwhelming um, way that you win in the NBA when it comes to that. But uh, it becomes a force multiplier if you can hit four to five defensive keys. In the East, um, how I see it, the hierarchy is the Bucks. They got two players who can create their own shot in Middleton and um, uh, the MVP, the back-to-back MVP, in my personal opinion, uh, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, a.k.a. the Greek freak. Um, I think that they pretty much hold their um, they hold their way to the championship if they do things the right way. Um, they shoot over 46% at this point. Um, they make 12 threes a game. They, their rebounding is 51 rebounds per game. Their assist-to-turnover ratio is plus 11. Um, and since the restart, they checked every box except for the t- um, assist-to-turnover ratio, which was only plus 10. Now, the next thing they play is the Rockets, and that's going to be a contrasting of styles. The Rockets are going to want to play small ball. I don't think that the small ball lineup can really affect how the um, the Bucks play because the Greek Freak is a seven-foot-one monster. And when you have someone like that, you saw what happened with the Rockets in the first game. They went to double overtime with Przingis, and he's nowhere as near as consistent and as good as um, um, Giannis is at this point in time. Now, the Greek Freak has a lot of different ways that he can score the ball. I mean, he has a lot of different ways he can score the ball. It looks like he became more effective um, before the restart on his three-point shooting. Hopefully, his confidence doesn't wane going into the playoffs. And it's not really about the playoffs for him. It's about the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. Can he make that? If he doesn't make the finals this year... <laughs> look, the Bucks might as well say goodbye to him because I don't think he's going to stick around there. It's not about him being dominant. It's about his second score, Chris Middleton. Um, Middleton is getting paid like a second star. He should be making shots like a second star. And to be honest with you, even in this first game that they came back, he looked like he hadn't touched the ball in six months. <laughs> and that's that's a shame. Um, moving on to the Miami Heat. Um, they're my second team that I think is um, pretty much in order to make it out of the East if they do make it out. Um, they got Jimmy and Iggy, um, um, who can all who can create for others or create their own shots. Even though Iggy's not a great shooter, he still creates for others. He balances the floor. Um, they have several players like him on the squad between Gorgon Dragic or you got, um, you know, the shooters that they have on the floor. They shoot 47% from the field. They make over 13 threes a game. They rebound at 44 per game. Um, their assist to turnover ratio is plus 12, and they killed the Nuggets um, last night. They shot over 55%. Um, even though they lost the rebounding battle, they only lost it by two um, 45 to 47 rebounds um, the Nuggets had. Um, now, um, where things got interesting was um, the Heat only turned the ball over 16 times. Now, the Heat play um, the Raptors next, so that should be an interesting test because I believe the Raptors challenged them a lot in the regular season. Um now the Raptors. Moving on to the Raptors. The Raptors are that second, team, um, that third team that I think can make it out of the East. Um, they got Siakam and Lowry, who both can create for others and create their own shots. Now Lowry's gained his confidence since winning the NBA Finals. I think that was the best thing that actually happened to him. He showed up in a big series, even though 
um, the Warriors were down, you know, three of their four, big four. Um, it still didn't matter. That mental hurdle that he had, he, he was a mental midget before this. Now he's he's pretty much coming to his own, like he should have been in the first place. Um, shooting over 46% from the field, making 13-plus threes a game, 45-plus rebounds a game, 12 on, on the, on the plus-minus uh, plus ratio. And they killed the Lakers in their last um, outing. I mean, literally holding them 35% shooting uh, while they shot 41%, made 13 threes, um, had 59 rebounds. The ratio was plus six, but the Lakers was minus 12. Like, the next game versus the Heat is going to be one of those games where you got to watch how this restart happens. In the East, the eight games that they have prior to the playoff run are going to really tell a lot about the upper echelon of the East, more so than the bottom. The bottoms are locks, I believe. I'm going to take the air out of the balloon a little bit. The East is going to be chalk. I think the last two seeds, Orlando and um, Brooklyn, make the playoffs. There's no no controversy there. I think that the Washington Wizards are just too far back. They would literally have to win eight games in a row in order for this to be interesting. Like, I, I think it's just a mortal lock at this point. Um... Now, moving on to the 76ers, they got Embiid and Simmons. They shoot over 46%, 11 threes per game, 45 rebounds per game, plus 12 on the ratio. Now, they lost to the Pacers. I give you that. But that's only because, you know, they allowed them to get hot from three, and they were minus one in the plus minus. They're just immature. I don't know what else to say about them. They, They have all the talent in the world. They have all the defensive metrics. They have the defensive metrics enough to be, you know, they're close to being what I call having defense as a force multiplier for themselves. But at the end of the day, they still got to get over the hump uh, maturity-wise. They got the Kyle Lowry syndrome, but for the whole damn team. <laughs> I don't mean to curse on my podcast. Normally, I don't. But the Sixers are so frustrating, it's not even funny. But I believe once they get over that hump, then it is the Bucks and the 76ers for the, the Eastern Conference crown for the foreseeable future. It's just... Can they get out of their own bleeping way? Like, seriously. Um, but that's the East for the most part. Air out of the balloon. I don't think anybody's challenging um, the Magic or the, um, the um, Nets for that final 7th um, and 8th seed. And to be honest with you, the first round of the playoffs for the East is not really going to matter when it comes to the top um, um, two matchups, which will probably you know, Orlando and... Um, <sighs> Orlando and the um the Nets facing off against you know the top two seeds in the East, whether it be the Raptors and the Bucks. I think those are sweeps. To be honest with you, the Bucks and the Raptors are gonna move on successfully, no issues, no problems. Um, it's the other matchups that may seem a little bit more interesting thereafter. Um, now moving on to the West, uh, start off with the so far the Kings of the West right now, which is the Lakers. Uh, one because the Lakers are more consistent when it comes to actually their players playing um LeBron it seems to be like he's on a mission uh, with the Lakers it's a little bit funny because I don't like the way that they play basketball but at the same time because you have a LeBron James uh, the LeBron James system um there is no offensive system that doesn't um behave like this in NBA history and has been this successful and that's a testament to how great LeBron is. He's a top five player of all time, in my opinion. No worse than top six player of all time. But at the end of the day, it's not a very efficient way to 
go about winning a title, but regular season games and racking them up. Yeah, you can rack them up with it, this type of system. Um, um, they do. LeBron is the only one who creates for himself. The rest of the team does not. Even though Anthony Davis is a uber talented human being, he doesn't create his own shot. You gotta throw it to him on the block or throw it to him in ISO situations, and hopefully he can, you know, offer two dribbles, make a shot. Um, but he's pretty much set up by the offense that LeBron is creating, which is drive and kick or, or, um, you know, do a pick and roll action with him. So he's not really creating for himself. Now they make forty eight percent from the field. They make eleven threes a game. That's under the twelve metric. They make. 46 rebounds, which is over the um, 45 that I spoke about, but the uh, plus-minus ratio on assist-to-turnover is 11. I that's, that's the reason why right there. Now, defensively, they are a monster with the length that they have, but at the end of the day, like, to be, to put out that much energy to get wins, how long is that sustainable, especially in the West? Um, now, they did beat the... Um, the Clippers in the restart game, and I got to give them props for that. But the only reason why they won is because they won the ratio. The, the Clippers played abysmally um, and, and that part of the ball where the assist-to-turnover ratio was crap. And you got to give the Lakers credit because they forced a ton of turnovers. Now, they did promptly get handled by the Raptors because, again, LeBron is the only one creating the shots. And that's what I mean. He can't be the one creating the shots in order for them to continuously win. Like that's expending a sh- a lot of energy. So um, that was just things that I noticed. Um, but even still, like you know, just to compare the two games, um, they shot thirty nine percent in one, thirty three percent in the other. Um, they made eleven threes in one and made ten threes in the other. That's pretty much the Lakers. Um, they lost the battle on the boards in both games. And, you know, the win on the um, the Clippers, again, was because of the assist-to-turnover ratio. Um, you know, Brown can help you overcome a lot of difficulties. But at the end of the day, like, you got to find a second person who can create their own shot, not just somebody who can put the ball in the hole after being positioned to make the shot. They got to actually be able to create one. And can someone actually do that? Now, they play the Jazz next. I think they're going to trounce the Jazz. I think the Jazz are immature. They're basically the 76ers of the of the West, in my opinion. Um, now, the Clippers, you know, they, they got four players that can actually, or three players who legitimately can create their own shot with Paul, Paul George, Ka- Kawhi Leonard, and Lou Williams. Um, they shoot 46%. They make 12 threes a game. They, um, they got 47 rebounds per game, nine on the plus ratio. Now, here's the thing about the Clippers. They've been resting people periodically. They've been doing a lot of things that I don't really like. Um, but this is how they're going to try to win a title. I get it. But when it comes down, push comes to shove, they want a lot of the metrics when they play in those tough games against the Lakers. Um, now, like I said, they lost the um, against the Lakers because the ratio was minus five. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, they fixed that versus the Pelicans and were plus 13. Now, they play the Suns next on 8-4 at 4 p.m. East. Um, I think that they killed the Suns, <laughs> um, to be honest with you. They just got to have to they have to remain focused. But these eight games to them don't mean anything. So I don't know how focused they really are going to be going into the playoffs. Um, now, the Rockets, they got, for me, the Rockets are the next team up. But, but much like the Lakers effect, the, the Rockets are overcoming things through force multipliers that they have at the um, the two guard spots. 
with Russ and Harden. Now, these guys create for everyone else. They're triple-double waiting to happen. They score points at an efficient clip. Russ inside the paint with um, Harden scoring everywhere. Um, in the first game, they they took over independently in different halves. Russ in the first half, Harden in the second half. And then in overtime, they just kind of um, wore down the uh, maps. Um, but overall, they're 45% from the field, 15 threes a game, 45-plus rebounds. But the ratio is terrible with plus seven. Um, the reason why I put them in the top four is just because of the backcourt alone. Like they over, just like I told you with defense is a force multiplier. Their backcourt is a force force multiplier that you just can't quantify on metrics. It's just too ridiculous to even try to explain at this point. Um, but they shouldn't have won um, the game against the Mavs. But again, their force multiplier is crazy. Now the interesting thing is they are a different type of matchup for the Bucks, and they play them to um tonight at eight at eight thirty. We're gonna see how um that kind of shakes out. Can Giannis start making more threes in order for or Middleton just to show up? God, if he can just show up, if he if he gets out of this Kyle Lowry syndrome, maybe just maybe you know Giannis stays in the East and stays on the Bucks. If he doesn't, oh my gosh, it's Basically, these eight games plus the playoffs is all about Chris Middleton. He could literally shape the entire league. <laughs> um, then you got the Nuggets and the Mavs. For the Nuggets, they got um, Jamal Murray and um, Jokic. Um, can they create on their own? Yes. Can they create for others? Yes. Um, are they explosive enough um, all around them? Probably. But they got killed by the Heat. And they shoot over 47%, make 11 threes a game, 44 rebounds a game, and plus um, are plus 13 on the ratio. They're one behind on those threes and one behind on those rebounds. Like, they got to do better. Now, they face the Thunder. Here's the thing. I like the Thunder because somehow or another, Chris Paul has found his way back from the other side. But, again, my thing about Chris Paul is he comes up small when it matters the most. But in the regular season and – if you don't notice him, sure. He's basically, he's not as bad as this player, but the way that he performs is simply like Kirk Cousins um, in the NFL. How he performs on, a, on the brightest stages, either he gets hurt or he lashes out or he self-destructs in a way that is of epic proportions. But he's an MVP-type guy, and I don't know any MVP-type guy who has come up that small um, in that particular way. He's way more talented than Kyle Lowry. So I can't put say that Kyle Lowry moniker, but at the same time, mentally, he comes up short. So that's why they're not in my top five, um, my top five when it comes to the West. The Mavs are. The Mavs with Luka Doncic and, and the Unicorn, um, along with Tim Hardaway Jr., they shoot 46% from the field, make 15 threes a game, 47 rebounds, plus 12 on the ratio. On the offensive side of the ball, they are ridiculously great for the metrics, and that's why I don't count them out. And I do think that they should have won the game against the Rockets. Here's the thing, they don't make stops. <laughs> now, their next game is against the Suns um, uh, tonight at 9 o'clock east. And I know I mentioned the Suns a couple of times. It looks like they got back-to-back games. Um, but, again, I think that they should knock out the Suns and get back on track. Now, as far as who makes the um, the playoffs again, I think the Magic and Nets, hold on. It's just it's chalk. The West is a battle between Memphis and the Blazers. Can the Blazers 
basically win basically seven of eight in order to, for them to overcome uh, Memphis because I don't think Memphis has a tough enough path to not win more than uh, less than f- basically four or five games. If they win five games, then that means the Blazers have to win seven in order for them to catch them and get the tiebreaker. I don't know if they do that, but at least that's partially interesting. The rest of the teams, I think the NBA just put in just because they wanted to have um, no real scheduling conflicts or some team just sitting around waiting in an AAU-type format. Um, But the Pelicans, we just saw it. The way that they're holding back Zion, they were basically a long shot for even making the playoffs. Now there's just no shot at making it. The Spurs, same thing, no shot at making it. Um, the Suns, same thing, no shot at making it. It's just nice TV. They are interesting teams to watch when you see them. By the end of the day, I don't think that they make it. So that's pretty much my NBA wrap-up for the first two nights. Um, the eight games really don't mean anything for the top of the East or the West, to be honest with you. Um, what does mean a lot when it comes to everything else going down is how do you go into the playoffs and do what you need to do um, past a certain point for the biggest questions of the playoffs is, is Chris Middleton going to show up? If he shows up, the balance of the East actually remains the same. And if Giannis makes the finals, he's not leaving Milwaukee. Um, in the West, it's can a LeBron-based system make the finals in the West? If it can, it can beat some, it can beat one of the teams in the East. If it can't, He's not going to win another finals. It's pretty much simple as that. Um, thank you for listening to the program again. Coming to you live from the um, from the Two Brothers Detailing Service um, Studios here in sunny Palm Springs, Florida. You can give them a call at 561-572-5854 to set an appointment. Um, they are on time. They are courteous. They are professional. And if you've seen my show pages, oh my gosh, my cars, even after seven days or ten days of being... Um, you know, watch leading into my next appointment, they're still glistening and shining. I understand that it's been raining every um so often, but at the end of the day, like you got to keep your cars legit. Just because it rains doesn't mean that your car is, you know, not still needing conditioning. That's not washing your car, people. I know people in South Florida believe that, but you got to take care of your car, um, and it'll take care of you. Again, give um, um, two brothers detailing a call at 561-572-5854. Again, it's 561-572-5854. Thank you guys for listening to the program podcast. I do appreciate it. It's great to be back. It's great to be talking about some competitive sports, even though I believe this bubbles NBA junior, <laughs> but they haven't had a lot of, um, you know, outbreaks like, um, baseball or anything like that. So it looks like it's going to be fair and competitive ball. Um, Thanks for listening again. This is your boy, Ron Wells. Thanks again for listening to the program podcast.